Hello and welcome to Poll the Other One. In this episode, we're talking to competition-winning pole dance choreographer, performer and instructor Aisha Gogo about competitions. Why do them? What do you get from them? And why won't Steve Bennett take down mine and Lulu's chortle student comedian videos? If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to help us keep making it, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash poll the other one. Find us on social media at poll the other one and enjoy the show. You said the funniest thing I have ever heard in a pole dancing class. Interesting. Yeah, it was in the pandemic (laughs) doom vibes of Mm -hmm. 2021 that never ended. And you were doing a choreography class on Zoom. Uh Yes, I was was doing those. Yeah, yeah, it was the first time I'd taken a class with you. And there was me and I think one other person or maybe one or two in the class. And we did the choreography. I really struggle with choreography classes Mm. because just the... First bit always just falls out of my head yeah, halfway yeah, through yeah. class, and I'm too embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really, really fun. And then at the end of the class, we did the whole sequence with you, and then you said, "Okay, and now by yourselves." So I did something, and then you really sweetly went round and said something really positive about everyone, and you Aww. said something nice to the first person, nice to the second person, and then you came round to me and you said, "And Shan, whatever it was you were doing, you did it like you mean it." <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. (laughs) There was intentionality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was very truthful. (laughs) I mean, I like to leave everyone something that they can work on. We have many questions for you, Aisha, about... (laughs) Don't worry, it's not a test. We have many questions. It is a a test. There's been no prep. (laughs) How would you fail if the quiz was about you? (laughs) I know you better than you know yourself. (laughs) Well, we have a lot of questions for you about your pole dancing career and how you found your distinctive style. But before that, we are curious about what makes you distinctively you. And I know from following you on social media, not in a creepy way. I've That's just spent fine. a lot creep of time. Creep away. Creep away. <laughs> um, just happy for the attention. <laughs> we know that you're a big fan of the colour orange. Yes, I am. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so to test your love of orange, we have a short quiz on orange or not orange. <laughs> this is brilliant. Okay. So Lulu will read out two options, and we'd like you to pick the option from the list that is authentically orange. Authentically orange. Okay, let's do this. Okay. I'm ready. I'm Number ready. one: Mars or Venus? Ooh, Mars. Venus. <gasps> no. Yes. This is not going well. This oh, is no. how you fail. One of the kind. Venus is more orange, I'm afraid. Good to know. Okay. Um, some of okay. Some of these answers are subjective. <laughs> Next one, Frodo or Sam. <laughs> So I prefer Frodo. So let's go Frodo. <laughs> I, oh, you, you've you've led with your heart, not with your head. Here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Sam is ginger, which is not technically orange, but if that's you know what we get counsel for, that's the hill we're going to die on. Yeah, so I'm doing so bad. It's it's okay. Uh, Donald Trump or Boris Johnson. Oh. Sorry for bringing uh, offensive content I into the interview. There was no trigger warning. <laughs> I hear you. But let's go for old Cheeto head himself, Trump. Uh, correct. Uh, yeah, Johnson's more like a sort of weak pink. Yeah. Uh, I've checked that with the Pantone people. Oh. So. <laughs> sort of like a... Uh, it's official, it's certified. Yeah. A feebly diluted Rabina. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Arizona or Southern California? Ooh. Yes. That is a hard one, isn't it? The dog lovely. just burped. <laughs> 
<laughs> was so cute. It was cute. I wish I burped like that. I'm trying to think of like California uh, driving those kind of films. I'm going to go for Arizona. Now, this was a sneaky question because Arizona is a desert, but Southern California has Orange County. <gasps> And that's one of my favourite housewife shows. Damn. It's so good, isn't it? It's, I love it. So, okay. Like, you know people like to switch off. They do yoga, yeah. meditate, I don't, go for long I, rounds. Uh, really? Oh, <laughs> a real housewife show. <laughs> Every iteration. I've started to Great. find them quite upsetting because a lot of them are about climate crisis now. But it'll be, oh. yeah. I was watching Real Housewives of California and a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, so, you know, Stacey's house got burnt down in a forest fire. But we're organising this baby shower and you're like, like, how is this the future? Hang is on. It, is it, <laughs> what about the everything being on fire problem? Yeah. Are we just going to acknowledging it and not acknowledging yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So far um, within this bubble, it's wild. I'm yeah. sorry, I accidentally connected with you there. I thought you were talking about the OC as like a TV show. Oh, um, that's and, a good throwback. Yeah, I never really got into that. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Whereas um, Real Housewives, um, I think, is trash. And I oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted Dumped to make sure we didn't fire. we didn't feel like we had a connection <laughs> at, the, at the top of the Let's podcast. That wall. <laughs> um, okay, that is that is all the orange questions. You got um, one out of three. Four, one out of four, I'm sorry. That's about what I did in my A-level, so yeah, we did all right. <laughs> Keep it consistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Aisha, the origin story, the myth, <laughs> the lore, the legend. Oh my God, this is my Marvel origin story. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm more bored now, let's do this. How did you start pole dancing? Okay, so I got into pole dancing with one of my friends, one of my best friends, actually, uh, Chloe. Um, we were both working in the same pharmaceutical company at the time. And I remember, I think it was over the Christmas break, she sent me this YouTube video of, I think, Marlo Fiskin, if I remember rightly. Cool. And she was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We have to do this. We have to do this. And I was like, oh, OK, whatever. Um, and then we came back into work after Christmas. She's like, no, no, we've got to do it at fan classes. We're going. You're coming with me. You're coming with me. I was like, fine. Sent her the money. She booked the classes. I thought I'd just indulge her and go. It was actually around here in Soho, um, off um, what used to be Topshop, off the corner there. Mm, we went in, went down into this little basement, much like this. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is this a deja vu? Let me Okay, it's fine. <laughs> and, I was made to do uh, things I didn't want to do. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I remember walking into the room, and you know, I think pretty much it was all women, we were all a little bit nervous. And then we had a teacher greeting me. Um, her name was Nikki Smith. Shout out to Nikki Smith, my first pole teacher, amazing woman. And she was just so welcoming, and she was just so graceful, and she made us just feel so at ease. And, and I remember having a go and thinking, oh, actually, this is kind of fun I quite like it and um, it just started off there my friend would book all the lessons I, I think that's what made it easier I had no accountability <laughs> coercion oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> all I wanted to do was give her money it was easy so she booked it so we used to do courses together so we did beginners uh, intermediate up intermediate advanced and just it was just went on there and then she had a little break when she changed careers and I kept on doing it and I was all like okay I quite enjoyed this and then I um, left myself and the company I was working at, went to do a PhD, came to the end of my funding. I had no money. I was like, God, what am I going to do? And luckily, the school where I was t- attending classes, they previously asked me you should come and teach. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, right, money's like, I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Right, laughs> <laughs> teaching. Um, so I started off doing reception work first, and I did hen parties. And then, yeah, I started getting a few classes here and there, and it's kind of... What were the head parties like? 
<laughs> I feel like we need to be careful because hen parties seem to be the kind of bread and butter money of so many studios. It's like they do make money, but instructors seem to have mixed feelings about so teaching them. I feel like they've, I mean, from what I've noticed, I mean, I, I don't really teach them, but I feel like hen parties and pole kind of gone out of fashion. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But I, again, I'm just not, that's not part of my rotation anymore. But when I used to do that time, they were fun. I have to say they were a good laugh because, again, I used to teach with a good friend of mine um, and she would do all like the non-pole parties and I'd do the pole parties and we used to have a great Saturday because no one else would want to do it other than me and her uh, so we would have like maybe three or four back to back by the end of the day we'd earn a shit ton of money we'd go get go have a drink it was like it was a laugh that's fun it was really good fun most of the time I have to say most of the parties were fun and I think it's a good way as a teacher it gives you a good experience at how to command a large group of people. A large group of people who majority really don't want to be there. <laughs> they thought they were just going to go to brunch. I just want to reel back way to the first point in the mm. history. You said you were working for a pharmaceutical company. Yes. Had you done any dance before that? No. For real? Contrary to popular belief, I am not a trained dancer. I'm not a gymnast. If I was, I would be doing that. <laughs> no, um, I started pole first and then I did dance after. Right. So I didn't do ballet until I was like 24, 25. Amazing. And then I did a few contemporary classes here and there, which I try and keep up. But no, and you also, no trained dancer. You also just casually dropped in that you did a PhD. So how, how does your life work? <laughs> I know, that was a real clang. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably why I'm in the existential crisis now today. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here holding this dog. Uh, <laughs> You're always in the right room for existential what crisis. what the dog's for. <laughs> <laughs> I did a degree in medical biology, um, worked for a couple of pharmaceutical companies, so GSK, um, used to be Celtech, um, used to work in cancer treatment, so drug discovery. Essentially, I got kind of frustrated that I wasn't getting promoted, and then I said, once getting promoted, I had a PhD. So one of my friends um, left and did her PhD, and she was like, yeah, you should probably do this. I was like... Yeah, okay, well, let's do this then. Um, so so casual. I know, I feel, like, I feel like this attitude of like, yeah, all right, I'll just do it, is like getting you so far in life. <laughs> you say that. Now I'm... <laughs> well, we won't go there. Um, but yeah, so... Stop referring to being here as a low point in life. <laughs> Look at me I, now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm hugging this beautiful dog. I am happy, I'm happy. My language may not be matching how I'm feeling. I do apologise. Um, went to do a PhD. Um, I was at Imperial College for, uh, I think it was like five years. Poles were supposed to be a stopgap, you know? I was going to be, this is what I'm doing, and I'll get a proper job. And it just kind of snowballed and I got more classes and, yeah, here we are today. On Interesting. Our yeah, 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 yeah. You've kind of touched on it already, but what kept you going back to pole? Like, what did you find you were enjoying about it? I think... Maybe it's that slightly sciencey part. It felt, at the time, it felt quite, actually, it's two prongs. It felt quite experimental. It was a way that I could try things out, play around with different types of movement. Um, at that time, I had done a fair bit of ballet and other stuff, so I thought, well, how can I bring this in? How can I incorporate more movement into what I was learning in the classes? 
And then also it was a counterbalance to all the science, the rigidity, this microgram into this, you know, and just do something that was a bit more feeling as opposed to thinking. Mm. I feel like a lot of pole dancers I know really enjoy how it is bringing those sides of your brain together. Mm. On the one hand, if you're learning a complicated move, you basically become a bit of a physicist. You're trying to figure out like, okay, what angle, what pathway do Mm. I need to go into this? Mm. And then um, we just talked to someone who really enjoys that you just have to let that go as well Mm. and let one thing flow into the other and just release it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Bear in mind, I have no experience doing pole. Um, I saw pole dancing for the first time at the launch party Ooh. the other week so um, how did you find it oh my god my jaw was on the floor like <laughs> I kind of hadn't really been thinking about it because in a very self-centered way I'd been like focusing on what Shannon and I were going to do and like how the night was going to run and but I just saw it as like you got your hips in the air did you go upside down Oh, I didn't go on the pole. I've yet to touch the pole. Yeah. The big mission of this podcast is to get Lulu to come to a pole dancing class. Yeah. Amazing. You know how you're yeah. like, oh, it's so weird. People come to it when they least expect it. Blah, blah. <laughs> I feel like I am. it's very much gearing up towards the end of this series and mm-hmm. that's when I am ah. going to be scheduled an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll meet your maker. Pu- pushed into the room by Jan. <laughs> um, so I know that you're both a performer and an instructor. Do you think about pole differently when you're in different modes, when you're an instructor? mode and perform mode oh absolutely yeah so when i'm teaching it's it's under time constraints well they're both under time constraints but especially when i'm teaching in class i think about what are the key things i want you to leave with today always over prepare but then i'll shrink it down to okay if they can't do all this i need them to just be able to do maybe this one thing or these Mm. two things so it can be very focused when i'm teaching which is very useful. When I'm preparing performance, what I sometimes find quite frustrating, there'll be loads of things I want to do. I think, oh, yeah, I, I'm good at that, but I want to work on that, and I could put in this, and I like that. And that's what sometimes I find quite hard when I'm performing, shrinking it down into, or so I'm concentrating it into something that is essentially um, a Ayesha performance, mm. um, which I feel good about, and not maybe worrying a bit too much about how it's received, which is... Something I work, I need to work on. Because you're talking to two comedy nerds who think a lot about how to put a routine or like mm. a show together. Could you talk us through your process with that choreography of? So you were starting with that experience or the emotion. Mm. Did you have a set of moves in mind that you wanted to cycle through or a kind of storyline through the routine? How did it come together? Um, I like to try and write a story. So I think I've maybe scribbled out some words or try to put down on paper how I was feeling. Then usually I try and find a song. So I think I played around with a few songs. I just start with about ten, I shortlist it to about five, and then I'll listen to those five non-stop for about a week and then usually from that I can trim it down to about three mm. and then we get it down to that okay yeah this is the one and then just play around do a little bit freestyling see what happens just video everything do you cl- like collaborate with it as in do you get someone to direct or help you with those things or I have in the past I have worked with choreographers in in um, the early stages just to like play around with different types of movement this is the best day ever I need you guys to know you can't see this but okay. there's a beautiful dog licking my finger I'm so happy right I was going to say you have to explain that yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle of a story just being like this is the best day ever by the way he's a doggy you're in a soundproof booth with two women raise your expectations <laughs> (laughs) 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 
Um, so yeah, freestyle a little bit, pick out shapes that I like, movements that I want to develop. Um, in response to your question, yes, I have worked with choreographers. It's it's interesting. I usually again use that as more of like workshopping. So I'll you know book a couple of sessions with a choreographer, work with them, but probably what ends up on stage will be a distilled version of that. Mm-hmm. So I'll try and oh okay, I liked that. I liked that um, arm movement you gave me. I'll, I'll play around that. Mm-hmm. How can I make that um, into something of my own? I've only worked with a choreographer, I think, maybe twice. Yeah. Is that a done thing in pole that you can use other people's moves? I mean, presumably there are only a set number of moves, but, you, like, whole routines, are they taken and borrowed and used? And is that okay? Because obviously in comedy, uh. the first rule is don't steal material and the second rule is be funny. So the choreographer, um, just to be clear, is working with, like, a professional dancer as opposed to a pole dancer okay so i've worked with like a one of my favorite ballet teachers because mm-hmm. i wanted to I, I have i wanted really sharp lines in the performance so i did a few private lessons with her to make sure i had a good arabesque and those kind of stuff there's one where i wanted it to be have very strong contemporary dance movements in it so i worked with one of my favorite contemporary dance teachers just so i could be authentic in what i was doing i've never had a whole routine choreographed for me i know there are polars that do mm-hmm. and i don't think there's anything more with that i think um if you look at professional athletes, they work with coaches. Yeah, but uh, I suppose it's more the creative element of it. Mm. So, for example, when you're teaching a class, say you were teaching, a, people teach routines in classes. I don't know. Would you? Is that a routine you would have like seen on YouTube and lifted? Like, I'm just worrying about the like IP element. Can I throw all? in a quick comment here? Just it. as a little plug, we have a whole podcast episode specifically about this called Copying, where Leanne Cummins, she's an Irish pole dancer. Oh. I don't know if you've heard her. Um, we talked about exactly this. What Leanne said, but Aisha, I'd be really curious to hear what you think about this, is that, like in comedy, the biggest sin is stealing Mm. people's material. And if you, move by move, copied a sequence of someone else's move, it's just bad vibes, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. But because everyone's body is so different, your version of a sequence is going to be different and also there's real standard intermediate combos for example mm, so like mm, a kind of gemini jade yeah. scorpio there are things that, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah 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 there are things you may that, as well just been speaking in arabic i guess a, a, a comedy <laughs> equivalent would be like you could go to an introductory writing stand-up course and sort of do a, like okay what's a routine on dating or yeah. what's like, there are or they'll of, teach you like pull back and reveals yeah. and like rule exactly. of three so you've got but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're because I often worry that like oh everything's been done. It's like but it hasn't if it's in your voice. So mm. yeah, oh, that's interesting. That's nice. Like about, loads, yeah. loads. How many stand-ups do material about breakups or dating mm, yeah, or whatever? That's fair. Do you know what's so funny? Sorry, this is just reminding <laughs> me of something. Um, so in Edinburgh, when was the cursed year that didn't really happen? Twenty one. Um, <laughs> I went, I went up and I got a tap on the shoulder from this girl and she was like, are you Lulu Popwell? And I was like, I've done something wrong because <laughs> I'm not successful enough for people to know my name. Um, and she was like, no, I, I really like your comedy and I have to stress out how much this isn't, a, like, sh- this never happens. <laughs> and what was even darker was she was like, um, I've seen your Chortle clip. Now, Chortle's a competition. I feel like we're going to come on to competitions in a second, but um, this links the idea of copying. It's the worst clip of me on the internet. 
I don't own the rights Aww. to it. I can't get it taken down. Um, it's really, I've asked. It's just, it, the audience isn't mic'd, so it looks like no one's laughing. Right, right, it was really right. new. I was having a bad night. Just found out my boyfriend was cheating on me right before <gasps> I went on stage. Yeah, like, not not a good clip. Anyway, she said the reason she, she was like, the reason I always think of you is because I went to an open mic night and I saw a girl do your routine <gasps> word no. for word. And it's like, first of all, and she, she was like, and it really wasn't funny. And I was like, well, I hope you mean just because she was doing it. Yeah. Not because, but also, it wasn't a good routine. And it's so personal. It's about, like, yeah. the fact that I'm in recovery. And, like... Oh. But she was also like, yeah, it just didn't work because she was obviously, like, reciting something she'd learned. Now, I know this is a bad example because it's all, it was already, a, like... Mm. Well, the routine itself wasn't terrible. I like, just didn't perform it that well on the night. <laughs> but um, she was just like, yeah, it was just so obvious that, she, like, mm. even if they didn't know as I did, that she was stealing from someone, that she had just learned a routine by heart. Mm. And I think, like, that's why copying... Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it, you're shooting yourself in the foot as well. But I think that's part of part yeah. of the Instagram culture, unfortunately. Like, there's so many times I've seen things on my feed, like, oh, that's that thing I literally just post and you haven't tagged me, you know? Mm. Um, and I used to get angry about it. I don't get angry about it anymore. But I think, yeah, like, reference your material. I don't think you always, at least with pop, I don't think you always have to. I don't think with every post you have to say, well, this was on this one, this was on that one. But if you doing that movement has somehow benefited you and it's uplifted you in some way like you know you feel really good about doing this you feel so good you've posted why not just pass that on and say you know what i it's so easy to pass on and sometimes like when i'm teaching like heels choreography there'll be like a really nice like moving heels that i saw somebody doing i think oh i'm going to use that just to teach and i will say uh, if I'm posting it, I'll be like, and I got this from blah, 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 or this was all inspired by blah, 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 blah. Like, doesn't hurt me. It doesn't mean I'm less of a teacher. It doesn't mean mm. I'm, you know, not creative. But this move was really nice, and I got it from seeing this person, so why not mm, say? Yeah. Uh, so we, we touched on competitions there, because I have a lot to say about comedy competitions. And they're comedy competitions. Oh, boy. That's wild. Because um, as we all know, comedy is... Uh, subjective and um, that makes for a great way to judge things what's been your experience of pole dancing competitions okay so I guess I've been fortunate I've been able to be on both sides so I've been a competitor and I've been a judge it's much more fun judging not gonna lie (laughs) as in life (laughs) Uh, I think as from competitor side those are when I've been competing. Those are periods where I've got really, really strong physically. Those are periods where I think I've had my biggest um, growth in development, particularly in terms of like choreography and in terms of creating concepts. Like that's always the fun bit for me. Like, oh, what am I going to be? Oh, I'm going to be a bird. All right, I'm going to be a broken doll. Like, how am I going to put that on stage? So those things are kind of fun. Going through that process, talking to people, standing out with friends, picking the music I was saying before, costume and make. Oh God, I love all that bit. That's all the <laughs> stuff I love. Actually, having to get on stage and form I'm like, oh God, what do this now? <laughs> Uh, those things are um, enjoyable. And those things I like working with other people doing, helping them come up with concert and creating something. Um, the actual being on stage, if I'm being completely honest, are you sure exclusive here? Um, <laughs> I find it really difficult. I really find being on stage really, really hard. Mm. I find managing that the balance, having the balance between releasing and just you know, doing this thing, letting it go, it's going to be what it's going to be, and then having that voice in the back of your head, well, it's got to be perfect, you've got to make sure you hit this, 
doubtful. Oh, this doesn't look good. Like, balancing that inner critic and then just leaving it on stage and being um, being experimental is... Um, I always find it quite hard. And I think that's kind of part and parcel from, I guess, maybe the academic side of me. I also think kind of part and parcel. A lot of time I was competing, I was always the, always the only person of colour on stage, so you always stand out anyway. So then that always brings the pressure that it has to be perfect. It has to look good. Can I tell you about my experience of a pole dancing competition? Please do. Which one did you do? Pole theatre. Oh, nice. It was fun. But I'm just really curious about it from your perspective as a judge as uh-huh, well as uh-huh, a uh-huh, performer. Because uh-huh. as what did you do? Sorry, I'm just I did a, I did comedy. Oh, no, of yeah. course. So I did a routine about a spider trying to build a house. That was nice. It. I did a spider. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. But um, so as Lulu said, there's lots of competitions in uh-huh, uh-huh. comedy. I hate them. I've always mm. just like, I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. I'm not interested. <laughs> did you, did you do them? Um, I did So You Think You're Funny I did the chortle and I had the problem Lulu described that you sort of sign your life away to this thing when you're 19 like oh yeah sure I'll have this video of me be up online forever uh, yeah. and then it comes it's back to so haunt you in bad. job interviews oh, and it's horrible it's the first thing that comes up when you search my name I've got to, I've got to fix the algo because honestly like, I'll date people and they'll be like oh I watched your stand up and I'm like oh no please yeah. not that one totally. <laughs> yeah. I did the same competition and it's like I think it was the third time I'd done comedy as well yeah. I was like 19 didn't know how it worked but comedy competitions there is a bit of a setup of you know you have X amount of acts just doing their five minutes in a row but there is the immediate feedback mm. of sometimes the rooms are a bit weird and you really need an MC to yeah. go hey everyone let's treat this like a fun gig yeah, like yeah. show the performers lots of love mm. but the feedback is super straightforward because if it's going well people laugh like that's <laughs> very 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 Quite clear there, right? yeah, yeah yeah and I found the experience of doing a pole thing so wildly different mm. because so also just fun nice mm. truthful thing I had such a good time because everyone Excellent. in the comedy category was so nice Aww. and we also we all instantly so there were four of us competing in our category and we just all gelled like uh, immediately it was to so be fair, fun I think that's the hardest category well done really I think pole comedy well, in pole theater, I think pole comedy is the hardest one too. as you said comedy is so subjective but it's so subjective mm. and what I found when I've been judging it sometimes the stories are a bit complicated yes. I, mean, I don't know if that's something to do with comedy with like the setup so it can be quite hard to think to follow the narrative yeah you know. This was exactly what I found so interesting because I built the routine based on what I wanted to get laughs in the room. Right. So it was just like, what are the beats of this? Okay. A spider's trying to build a house. It fails twice and then it does something stupid and it succeeds. And it was all about, like, there weren't a lot of fancy tricks. Yeah. It was like, I want you to follow the character yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy someone trying to pole dance with too many legs because it I looks really silly. About, yeah. yeah. And also, like, again, this was just a really interesting mm. experiment. What I found was interesting was, like, um, immediately after the competition, I got this email with all of the judges' scores and feedback. Mm. And also, they were evaluating on how many tricks you did and all that, which was really cool and I went well yeah this is a pole competition they're going to evaluate you on pole dancing but I felt like we were shooting for different goals I built a routine based on what will get the most laughs in the room and what they were looking for was a totally different like technical mindset so do you think would be useful and if you're going to have a section where it's comedy or pole art you have to have a dance but you have to incorporate this type of dance do you think it would be useful to have a comedy a person on the judging panel or a Oh, who's a comedian? Dancer. Yeah. Yeah, totally. On the judging panel, yeah. But on the other hand as well, I thought it was interesting and helpful that it was a poll competition okay. where one of 
like comedy was more of a subcategory. Okay. We had a really good time because like like I said, we all gelled and everyone treated it more like a gig than good. a competition. That's and we really just thought good. like, let's have a good time. Have a good time. Mm-hmm. That's not, and that's the yeah. main thing. I think, you know, they what's what's the saying? People don't always remember what you say is how you made them feel. And mm. if you've left that competition, feel really good about yourself, you feel like you've hit the what you wanted to hit, then that's all that matters. Yeah, that's yeah. I think, because normally I come away from a gig not thinking like, where did I stand compared to everyone else in this lineup? Mm. I just yeah. think like, did, for me, did I have a good or a bad gig? Yeah. And it's really weird to turn it into this like binary thing of like yeah. winning or losing. And if you're like me, I mean, competitions were so bad for my mental health. I did a lot of them mm. at the beginning because I was really strongly encouraged to. Mm. Um, and they did, they did help me, to, to yeah. like, but in a, a limited way. But like that one, for example, where, you know, I can't get rid of the clip. I did get to perform Latitude. So oh, it was wow, like, you, cool. it's kind yeah. of, you, yeah. you got things out of it. But um, I would come away from them if I didn't get through just being like, well, I don't want to do comedy anymore. I've embarrassed myself. Like I have this Same. really all or nothing mentality <laughs> because they encourage an all or nothing mentality. Whereas mm. actually, like some... And I MC quite a lot of them now, so yeah. I so it's not uh, not quite the same as judging, but I am on the other side of it yeah. where I'm like, and I see like newer acts like come away really dejected. I'm like, you did great. It's just yeah. that only two people can go through. So I I think you've got to go in with a really kind of clear yeah idea of what you want out of it. Correct. So pointing at you, so you can't see that people. You said that in terms of your own poll mm. ability and mm. game, you saw a real concentrated increase while you were mm. preparing for a competition. Do you think that has value, having that level of focus mm. of getting a routine together and putting it in front of people? Um, is the pressure helpful in that way? So, if, uh, yeah. So kind of, kind of going to touch on that. If I could go back and do more... Like, competitions do have a place. I do think it was good for visibility. Like, no one knew who, knew who I was. You meet a lot so, of people And you well. meet a lot of people, absolutely. But I think if I could do it again, I would be very focused in the sense of, like, what do I want from this? Is it just that I'm going to feel comfortable on stage? That's one thing I'm going to take off on that first one. And the next one, maybe it's going to be OK. I'm going to feel comfortable on stage, and then I'm going to try and do some couple of really hard tricks. That's it. It doesn't matter if I win or lose. It's like, what do I want from it? And I wish that's something that had gone into it more when I was competing about just what do I need to get from this? Because um, I feel like sometimes if you don't go into the right mindset, it can, like you said, it can mentally be quite draining. And that's a bit I found hard. It wasn't the getting up early and training, which I bloody hated. <laughs> there, obviously, there's really hard things about the, um, competing. You have to get up early. It's the training. It's doing the run-throughs. It's doing the run-throughs in costumes, so now you're hotter. It's Same with comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so early, early morning training. training. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they... It is jarring, but physically you can get through it. It's mentally, it's the mental toughness, quote unquote, you know. It is really draining. And then when you get there, it's being able to stay focused, but relax. Mm. Be in the moment, but make sure you hit that trick. You know, there's so many things going on when Mm. you're doing it. So, yes, I am glad. Um, I am glad I did those competitions. I do think that having that focus training is good for you. I think particularly if you do want to instruct. Uh, Actually, let me. I'm going to question that statement. Is it important to do competitions and instruct? No, I don't think it's important. I think, I think if you want to maybe push your training, 
and that's you want to push yourself to the next level, then it can be useful. But I don't think it is important to compete to be a good instructor. Mm-hmm. I think they're two different things. I think being a good communicator and being a good teacher are two very, very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you mind if I ask another question? Because I'm sure. fascinated by the process of you preparing a routine for a competition. <laughs> Partly because, so, so far, what people have described as their starting points for putting a routine together is so different. Yeah. Like, Kitty Valore said that her starting point is a colour. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that she wanted to do something green mm-hmm. and just green kind of came into her mind so then she created this sort of money fairy thing and okay. I think yeah Kitty seems to create a pole routine the way that a drag artist creates oh, a routine yeah it's really kind of like put together on Pinterest and then everything sort of folds around that that's nice yeah or, um, interesting yeah my friend Kelly who's from more of a circus background she'll have a set list of really impressive tricks that she wants to yeah. do and then the music and the costume and everything else kind of folds around those yeah. Arlene Caffrey who's an Irish mm. pole dancer um, for her it's a song like mm. a song completely directs yeah. everything it was really interesting hearing you talk about like an emotion mm. or an experience be the starting point has that always been your process of putting things together yeah yeah. at, at, at that point I don't know if I think like I said I haven't done a competition in a while I think if I do it now I might especially because I've done different things I've had um, the opportunity to work for a circus group which has been really interesting working wow. with other people shout out to Upswing Ariel um, <laughs> <laughs> just recently did a little comedy video of them which has gone to like circus festivals so that's really interesting cool. but actually working with a group is something really really new to me you know I think that's why I gravitate to a pole pole I am quite introverted I do just find humans interesting <laughs> and challenging but lovely but interesting and challenging so being part of a group these bring out different aspects of my character and also I was interested to see how other people work and how people prep things for their own skill set so I think if I was doing something now I think maybe I would think about well what is impressive for me do you know what I mean not necessarily for the, without being to yourself not necessarily for the audience what do I do well that looks good on me and that makes me feel good so maybe Mm. I would start that way first and then go to a song and then do the other stuff afterwards I think for me because I always felt like I had a bit of an imposter syndrome I always went for okay let what can I make look pretty so let's do the concept let's do the music let's do the stuff that's you know feels quote unquote easier than they were actually putting in the poll stuff but that was really just me talking myself down where it's actually no you are really good you can do a lot Let's you know, go follow for it. Aisha on Instagram. She is incredibly good. Okay. <laughs> it's the one covered in orange. <laughs> just because we've been talking about competitions, yeah. Yeah. to a pole dancer, let's just say intermediate level, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. putting together something for their first competition, in your wisdom now, as someone who's been <laughs> as an elder pole. <laughs> but as, as, as someone who's kind of I, I got the impression that you found out what was helpful for you in a competition and actually not helpful in the mm, long run. Mm-hmm. If someone is going into this, they want to do a competition, what advice would you give someone going into it for the first time? Okay, it's going to sound really trite, but have fun. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, there's going to be points where you're going to doubt yourself. You are going to have to put in extra hours in, but ultimately, have fun. Like, pick one focus. Maybe it's the fact that, like, you know what, I love doing an extended butterfly. I'm going to make sure my extended butterfly, it's the 
best it ever looked. Like, just pick one thing you want to focus on. Because I think when we go into that competitive setting, you think, right, I'm not flexible enough. I think we can think about get lost in too many things. I'm not flexible enough. I'm not a dancer. I'm not strong enough. I'm like, we can get bogged down all these things we're not. Where if you could just focus on maybe one or two things that you know you really enjoy doing and look really good in you and then build stuff around that. Get a coach. I wish... That is my main thing. Work with somebody. Have Sometimes you can get stuck in your head and you can not see the wood for the tree, so to speak. You can just step back a little bit and be like, okay, no, this is really good. This is what we need to do. Or actually, no, we can leave that now. Let's work on this. Like it, Having someone to bounce off is so, so important. I wish I'd done that when I first started um, competing. Yeah, and rest. Do not overtrain. Overtraining will be your downfall. Aisha, this has been so much fun talking to it you. It has been fun too. Yeah. Where can Happy people back. find you? You can find me on the Instagram. Aisha, a go go poll. I've been meaning to do a TikTok. She hasn't happened yet. But. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> we maybe will try and have a look. But yeah. Um, yeah, I teach in person around London. So if you go into my Instagram, you can see where I am there. And I also teach online. Thank you so amazing. much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, this dog's amazing. The other one was created by me, Shandoxy, and co-hosted with Lulu Popplewell. This episode was edited by Alice Rosenthal with original music by Amelia Baylor. If you'd like the longer version of this interview or you're just enjoying the show and would like to help us keep making it, head over to our Patreon. Every pledge is super helpful to continue podcasting. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at PollTheOtherOne and see you next time.